0: Last week we looked at uh, uh, the the theme of the the month is going to be Emmanuel, God with us, and we looked last week at just the promises of uh, Jesus coming at this time, and we kind of saw and recognized that uh, Isaiah prophesied this uh, over 700 years prior to it happening, and there were many other prophetic words that took place. Uh, I believe there was over a hundred that he fulfilled just at his birth. There's over 300 when you look at his birth, his uh, his life, his uh, death, and his resurrection. Over 300 prophecies fulfilled that had been spoken way before by the prophets. God had, uh, had definitely said that he had all things planned out and, and he was right. And, and then we looked at a couple of verses in, uh, last week, and I want to look at those, and I want to read the, uh, the one, because it, it gives us kind of a, an, an open door into where we're going. And I'd like for you to, when you read this, Isaiah 7:14, when you read this, uh, just understand, over 700 years before his birth so that's over 2,700 years ago, this was spoken. And then he comes on the scene now, and, and this happens. And you, and you have to understand that uh, from Mary's perspective, it's like, wow, what? <laughs> Nobody's going to believe this. I don't think they believed it when it was prophesied back then. They had a struggle with it. They had a challenge with it, but, but, but they, they, they wrote it down. They put it in Scripture, and they held on to it, but I'm sure they had a challenge with it like, ha, ha, yeah, right. Uh, well, then now it comes, and it happens 700 years later to a young girl, and uh, you can just imagine how she must have felt in this whole process. But uh, the scriptures teach us that uh, they spoke of where that word came from, and that the angel of the Lord himself came and spoke to her concerning that. So let's just read this together with that in mind. Uh, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, could you read this with me? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now, Isaiah uh, tells us, if you want to really find out about Jesus, just read the book of Isaiah. You'll find out everything about him. The only thing it doesn't do is give him his name. But when we come to the New Testament, as we saw last week, uh, Matthew clarifies that and says, Emmanuel is Jesus. And he brings that real clear to us, and he brings the prophetic word up to, uh, up to date. Uh, and so let's, let's read that again, because I heard about seven of you that didn't read it. Uh, and so let's read it again and let's read it good and strong. Therefore, the Lord Himself. Now, Father, I pray this morning that our hearts should be open, that the ability to share. Father, your heart, Lord, this morning would come through me and that our hearts would receive it in uh, such a powerful way as it was written. You, uh, you, you prophesied this into the future, Father, that we would know and we would uh, be able to believe and step into this place with you uh, called a relationship, called, uh, called salvation. And so, God, I pray today, help our, uh, our hearts and minds be open and ready to hear in Jesus' name. We did read also this verse here. And I want to just read it to you. It's Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And welcome to those that are online this morning. Um, We're glad you're with us. And uh, so Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7 And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So, in other words, what he has begun with Jesus will not end. It's going to continue on forever. His government is going to grow. And as we learn to, uh, as his people, as we learn to submit to his government, we will see it come to pass. And I believe that with all of my heart. In verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom uh, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. So he's telling us it's going to be... um, a everlasting kingdom, an everlasting structure that he's building right here on earth. And then he closes that particular portion out with uh, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So it's not dependent on me. It's dependent on him and what he's going to do with his words. The Bible says that not one of his words will fall to the ground and not happen. I think that's a powerful thing and and as we step into reading his word and as we step into looking at his word this morning we're going to be looking at Jesus life just a little bit about him uh, just a, a fraction about him and and, I, and I'll say this right now I put this list of about 40 uh Amazing things about his life on our website. It was just, I didn't want to take you through 40 of those today, so I just put them on the website. But I would encourage you, you can just go to the website, hopealive.church, and go into resource, and you'll find this list of 40 things about his life. That as you begin to read those and you see what he's all about, all of a sudden it begins to stir something in your heart. It'll stir up your faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Matthew chapter 1. Uh, verses 18 to 23, says this. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed. After his mother Mary was, Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a, her a public example, he was minded to put her away secretly. Or in other words, in his head, as he heard this news, he's like, wow, what am I going to do? This is, this is wild news. I don't think I can handle this. And so uh, I want you to see something here in just a moment about this particular passage. There's so much to be learned in the Word of God as you just read it slow and meditate on it. He all of a sudden begins to open things up, and now all of a sudden I can actually understand myself and some of my responses and some of my reactions based on these people that he drew out in time to display it for us. And so it says, okay, I got the, he got the news, but then now he decided, he started thinking, well, what am I going to do? Well, I don't want to hurt her. I'm going to just put her, i to put her away quietly. I'm just going to step away and I'm going to run. And, and, and so he devised a plan for this thing. And, and and it goes on, and says he didn't want to make a public example. Uh, and he was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about this, while he thought about this, in other words, he got the news. He first started thinking about what he was going to do with this news and how he was going to handle it. But then he also was taking his time and he was pondering the matter and he was thinking about it. And what we find is oftentimes, how, how many have ever made a rash decision? <laughs> you know, you just you, you, just do, you just do sometimes and you blow it, you know, most of the time when you do that. And And yet, because he thought this thing through, but he was also giving some time for the Holy Spirit to speak to him, it says in verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord will appear to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. And you can only imagine what he was thinking, you know, the fear that would have struck his heart thinking about the fact that this, his, his, his engaged lady is now pregnant, and what that's going to look like to everybody, and, and and how are you going to convince everybody that this wasn't you know hanky panky going on, and so uh, so it says the angel comes to him, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, now don't be afraid, take Mary for your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. From their sins. So all of this was done. Remember, they didn't have the New Testament at this point, they only had the Old Testament. But he's now bringing this back up because Isaiah was a major prophet, a very important prophet. All of this was done so that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. And he was going to bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Now think about being in Joseph's shoes. And the reality of it was, of course, he was afraid. Of course, he started thinking, what am I going to do? He wanted to come up with his own solution. And we do that often, don't we? We run into a predicament that seems like overwhelming. And we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And if we're not careful, we'll jump forward and do whatever we come up with and devise in our own mind. But if we will do as Joseph did, just pause a little bit longer. I guarantee the Holy Spirit will come to you just like he came to him and begin to give you some clear direction. How many can say amen to that? And you've heard, you've really, you really hear the Holy Spirit, don't you? He really does speak to us when we stop and wait and, and, and ponder a matter instead of just getting all fearful and all shook up about it. If we just slow down a little bit here, there's a huge lesson in this. As I reread it and reread it this past week, I thought, man, that is, that is so big. What he was trying to do was to keep Joseph in the will of God for Joseph's life. Because remember, he called him out for such a time as this. He put him in this position for such a time as this. You're called for such a time as this in your position for such a time as this. But you don't want to miss it, do you? (laughs) But yet sometimes we can start to make some wrong turns. But, but the Father was bringing him into this overall plan and this overall purpose that God had that he had written way before, several hundred years before his life. He wrote the story for his life. And he was, he was stepping into it. And I just started thinking about that. You know, how many of us apply that to our own lives? How many of us have put ourselves within the story of God and what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like it's one thing just to, 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 to hang around and, 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 you know, the church has focused so much about being good or bad, sinning or not sinning, that we've somehow lost track of the reality of, you know, something. If you're really following Christ, you're not going to be going to the left or the Right? You're going to be pursuing him, and, 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 and he's, going to, he's going to pull us into a place now, and let me take you up about 30,000 feet here. He's going to pull us into a place where we will begin, and we need to begin to understand fully what is the will of God for today, and what is my part in that place? What is God calling me to do with my life right now to fulfill what he's already written and wants done? Was this on? I mean, honestly, I mean, just to, to to take a step deeper into this thing. So many of us are just separate, separated from the fact that this is God's word for us, and the story's not complete. He's completing it now, and He's completing it through His people, and that we can step forward and really maybe cause us to maybe dive a little bit deeper into the the reality of just seeking his face so that we might have understanding. And with that understanding, we would then have new trust. And with new trust and faith, we would then see and hear what he wants us to do, and we would fulfill that. Who knows that you're not an Abraham? Who knows that you're not a Joseph or a Mary? Who knows that you're not a Noah? And God's trying to reel you into the reality of the story so that you might know it because he's already written you into it. Your name really is in this book. (laughs) It is specifically in this book. And, and yet so often again we just make little devotionals and we, we make things you know just real nice and, and comfy and, and and we make our prayer rooms real comfy and, and we make everything that we do real comfy and, and pretty soon we're not realizing that wait a minute, God might be calling me to something that's not so comfy. But it's a part of his will, it's a part of his purpose. And there's not going to be anything better that you're going to hear when you get to heaven than, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I needed you to do in your day. Because the story's not done. It's been prophesied what he wants to do. And we, we as we read, we begin to understand that, uh, wow, I, 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 need to, I, I need to see, God, what, what, what do you want me to do in this story? What do you want me to spend my entire life on? And a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to give their entire life to God. They only want to have a part of God. They only want to get to heaven. But can I just say that we're, it's, it's much more than that? Somehow, it just seems like we have a tendency to layer things on top of things and not be able to see what's underneath it. Has anybody ever bought a piece of painted furniture only to take it home and strip it down and find out that it was a beautiful piece of wood underneath it. And you just, you know, you got rid of all the paint and you finished it and you restained it. And it's this beautiful thing. What about maybe uh, pulling up carpet in an older house and finding these ma- beautiful wood floors? And now, man, you're just like, wow, what in the world? Why would anybody cover that? You know, but that's what we do. We do that, and we've done that easily in church. And, and I hope that we're not doing that with our holidays, especially this holiday, that we've not layered it over with, uh, with, with, uh, with trees and, and decor and gifts and shopping and busyness and stress and all of that to where we might be missing a very important aspect of this season. He gave feasts to Israel for a purpose. I don't think we're supposed to follow their purpose. They're, they're there. We're not, we're not Jewish and we're not living in that day. But he always designated days and times and seasons for things to be done. And I believe we have those too. And I think we have to make sure that we uh, we we are not too busy, we're not all wrapped up in the gifts, and we totally layer over that so by the time Christmas is done. Can I just say this because I am a parent? By the time Christmas is done, my kids really don't know the truth about what we really just celebrated. They just walk away with the excitement of the gifts that they got, not excited about the gift that they got through Jesus Christ, right? And, And so we can just do that easily. And I just think it's God is trying to peel that back from the church. I just wrote down a few thoughts about how we've done this over the centuries with church. Remember when we used to, they used to have we not we they they used to have cathedrals and stained glass windows and big pews and all of that in churches. I mean that was just a big thing and, 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 and that's the way they built them. What about when we moved into malls and barns and basements? <laughs> just a little bit different, isn't it? Because we thought that was layered. And, and 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 then we've seen robes and bells and smells and incense in church, right? I mean, we have. That's what they did for many many years. And then we saw it moved to three piece suits. Does anybody remember that day? <laughs> I remember that day. <laughs> uh, three piece suits, and and now we're down to to t shirts and holy jeans. <laughs> See, we we layer over things. We we, we, we layer over things and things change. We saw a time where uh, worship was all organs and, and just somber chants. And now what is it? It's electric and it's lights and it's, God forbid, drums <laughs> in church. And excitement on top of that. People get too excited about the Lord <laughs> And we have traditions and we have catechisms and we have rituals and we have church rules and we have creeds and we have developed all these things that become layers, have become layers over the truth of what we're all about and what we should be all about. I'm not excited to get excited about a creed or a tradition, but what I want to get excited about and what I do get excited about is, is Emmanuel, God with me. Jesus, he's here. We've seen church become very institutionalized when I think God's always just wanted it to be family. He loves family. And, and the funny thing is that a lot of the things that I just mentioned, okay, that might not even make it to heaven, okay, a lot of those things are what churches have split over and fought over. You see the layers, you know, wow, this is so important that the color should have been different. That I, I'm, I'm leaving over that. I'm just being real. This is just what has happened. What, because we got too many layers over this thing. And we forgot how Jesus wanted us to handle all of life and relationships. And so, so we want to peel back some of these layers and uh, we want to step deeper back into this close relationship with Emmanuel, who is with us. And really, as I said last week, it's not only with us, but he's in us. That's even more exciting. Amen. And we, we just have to make sure that we don't let our traditions. And I'm not against Christmas. If you come to my house, it's all decorated up. Okay. It, it just is. So I'm not downing Christmas itself. I'm just saying let's make sure we don't lose a priority about Christmas this year. Because we might miss what he's trying to say to us in this season. And this is a season. This is a season. It's a season. So let me just... Read a few things that we need to know about Jesus and his life. And, and just some of this is just refreshment. And some of you may have never heard this before, but uh, let's just all be renewed by it. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 says this here. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. I need to know that. I need to know that. I need to understand that, because I may need to tell somebody that that doesn't know it. But if I didn't know that, I wouldn't be able to say to somebody, uh, that the, the, this is what has happened. What, what ha- why did God come like that? Because he had to be that way. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation or literally to render himself for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Wow. Let, let, let that settle in, the God, the creator. You know, when, um, when we, uh, we got to that last song and, and the lights dropped and all you saw was the stars on the, on the, on the screen. Did anybody remember that a few minutes ago? <laughs> I don't know about you, but it kind of hit me. All of a sudden, I thought, that's what Abraham saw. He wouldn't have had the city lights and stuff to dim the stars. He would have seen something probably just like that. And God says, man, I'm going to give you, this is what I'm doing through you. Don't, don't, don't miss it. Stay engaged in your part in this because I'm going to do this through you. And I think, we, you know, it just just hit me for whatever reason. Maybe I'm just emotional this morning. I don't know. But it just hit me. I'm like, wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. That's what he saw. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, it says this here. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't know what that speaks to you, but, man, it speaks a lot to me. I'm just thinking, wow, God, again, in his love, decided, you know, maybe we wouldn't believe him if he just sat up on his grand old throne and never really came down. Maybe we'd have a hard time believing or understanding him. But no, he comes down, puts on the form of a human, a baby. He became 100% man so that it says here that he could go through everything all of us would go through and not sin in it, but he would be able to be even sympathetic toward us in that. Now, by saying that, I'm not saying, okay, he's just going to justify all your sin. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is he understands he understands, he, 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 has, he has dealt with physical pain. So he understands it when you have physical pain. He has dealt and felt emotional pain. So he understands it when you feel that. He has felt poverty, the Bible says. He became poor that you could become rich. He understands that. He's known rejection, hate, and mockery. He's felt the temptation and the power of it. And we just need to remember in this part here about Jesus that he was 100% human. When I relate to him, I can relate to him that way. When I fail, I can come to him. He understands it's not foreign to him. He doesn't want it there, and he doesn't want you to fail. It says even when he was tempted, he did not sin, and that's where he wants us to be. But he feels all these things for us because he came as a baby. He came as a human and, 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 um, and did what he did for his part in the plan of God. See, that's one of the things we have to understand. God did his part the first 4,000 years. Jesus came, got away easy with 33 years. Okay, But now the Holy Spirit is here doing his part of fulfilling the purpose or living in us to fulfill the purpose that he has. And, and I want us to uh, maybe uh, think for a moment. I, I've been thinking about, as I was processing through this, and I just thought, you know, I love talking about Jesus to people because I know what he can do to a life. I know that what he did in my life he took somebody that was rebellious and going against him completely. And he came after me and he saved me. He did what nobody would have wanted to do with me at that time in my life or could have done with me. But he wanted to and he did it. And so he pursued me. And I, as I look back over the years, I still marvel. Uh, I still marvel uh, that I've come from becoming just a number. I was a number. I don't even know how I got that. You notice I did have, used to have the waves. Now I'm getting more of the beach. (laughs) Well, uh, but I used to be just a number. That's what I had become. I was about 18 or 19 years old there. And I just think, wow, God, every time I see that picture, I just think, man, you did a miracle, God. You did something nobody else could or would have done. In my life, this is what you can really do, and I just think about that. I know, I, I know, I know, I know. I got a long ways to go. You're thinking, and you're right. But He's brought me such a long way, and 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 I just want to say, your story's the same way. You know, you got a story, and the story's here, and it's being played out now, and He's gonna bring your life to a place. And I've just seen over. You know, I've been saved. I calculated it out. 46 years now. And I've seen so many stories and so many lives and so many messed up people like I was completely get just turned around and change the trajectory of their life. I'm thinking, only God can do that. Only God can do that. You know, and I just think, wow, Lord, how, let's not miss it. Let's not let anybody miss it. You know, our story is a miracle. And when He comes in, He makes a change. And he, uh, he really does it well. I just, uh, again, I'm amazed at that. So he wants to change our story from what it was to what it really should be. And he's doing that. I put down a few things because I think when it comes to the life of Jesus, it truly is amazing. He actually only had three and a half years of actual ministry. Right? I mean, he was raised, we, we, we can read about him until he's about 12 and then there's a silent period till he gets to be about thirty, and then he his ministry comes to the forefront as you know the story, and then he just has three and a half years, and out of that three and a half years, he's impacting, he's at least impacted me two thousand years later. That's power. That's amazing. You 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 know, all twelve of his disciples were martyred because they knew who he was finally. It took them a bit. They went to church a while before they finally realized, oh, you're the Christ. You are the Christ. And we can be that way, too. We can just kind of go along with this, the, the, the thing but not really believe who he really is. So let me, I just got a few comments from, uh, that, I, that I found from news and some historians that, that kind of validate this man's life. Um, this is from Josephus. Josephus lived, uh, they say, between 60 uh, A.D. and about 120 A.D. So he would have, uh, he would have probably not been alive for Jesus' his life, but he could have potentially rubbed shoulders with and talked with the disciples. Okay? So this is Josephus, and then he, he's a historian, just a non-biased historian, and this is what he wrote. Um, he said this. Now there was about uh, there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonders, a teacher of such men as receive the truth with pleasure. He drew many after him, both Jew and Gentiles. He was the Christ. When Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross those that loved him at first did not forsake him he appeared to them alive again the third day as the divine prophets had foretold and these and then thousands other wonderful things about him and the tribe of christians no so named from him and not extinct extinct at this day and those were josephus the antiquities uh, 1863 to 64, if you look that up. And he's a very famous, uh, well-sought-out uh, um, historian. Uh, if you can believe this, before cancel culture got here, okay, Time magazine actually said this, that Jesus was called the most influential figure in history. That's Time magazine. Uh, another Yale professor uh, of history said this about Jesus. He said, regardless what anyone may personally think or believe about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in history and the history of the Western culture for almost 20 centuries. Uh, there's, There's another TV series. Uh, called drive Through History, and he said this, among the influences that shaped Western civilizations, there's probably no story more significant than than the Jesus story. Even for religious skeptics, the historical influence of Jesus of Nazareth is a result of arguably the most influential life ever lived. And I'm just thinking you can just go through and you can just do your search and do your research and you'll find that Jesus was an amazing person that had an amazing impact, and most of the people can't quite wrap their heads around the fact that he was only here uh, in his ministry for three and a half years, but yet he's more influential than anybody in history, and as, as you may know, the, the Bible, his word, has been on the top-selling list for year after year after year. You just can't stop the power of God can't stop the influence of God, and he wants to really uh, take a hold of us and really change us so that we can take on what he has called us to do and be who he's wanting us to be. There's a few things that uh, I I, I want to point out in scripture uh, that you need to know. And I know you kind of do, but I just felt there may be some that don't. Maybe if you're online and you don't know Jesus, you need to maybe know these few details. Jesus is the begotten and only Son of God. There's not a lot of gods out there. There's only one true God. And and, and the scripture calls him, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, But have eternal life, and uh, it's uh, it's it's. There's only one God. There's not many gods. There's not a lot of ways to get to God, and yet I know in our culture that that would be promoted that there's lots of ways, but there really isn't. The second thing I just want to point out is Jesus is fully God, but He's also fully human. Listen to these scriptures, John chapter one and verse one. John begins his gospel by describing the deity of Jesus Christ. This way, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? It was God Himself. John 1.14, John also describes the the, the Word this way. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, the glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians 2.9. Uh, says this here: For in Him, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And so we see over and over, the Scripture speaks of Jesus being fully God, but also fully, uh, fully human. And then the last point I just want to point out here, with just a couple of scriptures, is that Jesus was, and and this is important, Jesus is the visible image of God. So as I research his life, as I follow his life, as I read the Gospels, and if you have a red-letter edition, if I, everything that's in red is everything that he said specifically, if I read that, I can begin to grasp how he lived and what his life was all about, so that, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I want to follow Christ. I want to follow Christ. And I need to understand who he is. Uh, Colossians, or John chapter 14 and verse 9 said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. This is Jesus speaking. Colossians 1.15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And so when we look at His life and we read about His life, it would be something for me anyway is that it begins to drive me deeper into understanding this person through what is written about him because it's a living book so he can still speak to me through his word. I mean, he can say amen to that. He still does that. He, you read the word, the, re, the word reads you and, and, and it begins to open up your understanding. See, if I don't understand that, I'm gonna get bored with doing my devotional reading and I'm gonna find the shortest one possible. I saw something the other day, one minute with the Lord. <laughs> oh my Lord, please. I hope you read it 60 times, you know. It's like one minute with the Lord. Where are you going to go with that? I don't know about you, but you're not going to go far. And we've just tried to condense everything for the American lifestyle, haven't we? Microwave Bible reading. That's a new book, you know. It's just like... What are we doing with this? And, 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 and yet, if I really believe that uh, his life was, this was God that walked on earth, and it was God who's saying these things, in particular in the red, but the whole book was really inspired by God, then as I read that, I will let it begin to leave and make, make and leave an imprint on my heart and change my life like God wants it to change. Because remember, he's building a bride without spot or wrinkle. So he's going somewhere with the whole thing, but he also wants to do something in your life and through your life. You might be an Abraham. You might be a Mary. You might be a Moses. You might be a Jacob. You might be an Isaac. You might be you know uh, who you are for God's purpose. But if you're not taking it serious, then you could just simply skate through your life, go to church, go home, Watch the chiefs and forget about church and then go through your week. Am I speaking our language? Come on, we're, we're there. That's what we're, you understand. But once we begin to take this a lot deeper and we begin to see, wow, man, this is a person that came, look what he went through for my life. Look what he did to step into my life, to save me and give me eternal life. And, and how he came and he continues to have new mercies every day for me. And he continues to work with me. He understands me. So when I talk to him, I don't have to talk to him like I'm talking to some faraway God. I can talk to him because he, he understood all this, right? We read that. He understood that he went through all the temptations, so that now when I relate to him and I talk to him, I don't need to come up with some religious language to do it or religious voice. I can just start having a conversation with him. And I can be transparent with him because when you're transparent with God, I find that he's always transparent right back to you. And so when I get religious about my prayer times and my communication times that it gets a little weak, you know. Um. But, but, but God, he's done so much for us. And as we celebrate this season and we celebrate his coming, I, I just think I, I don't want us to, uh, to miss what he's really done for us and step deeper into acknowledging him over everything else you're going to do for Christmas, over your beautiful Christmas tree, over your beautiful presents, over your beautiful everything. I want us to leave, especially if you have children, leave your children with the true understanding of what Christmas is all about. So hopefully at some point, if I can just say this, they're as excited about Jesus' Jesus's celebration through Christmas than they are about their gifts. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's not. It's, they're going to go by what we emphasize, and, 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 and same with everybody else. So let me just wrap it up this morning with just a couple quick thoughts here. Uh, because I think you can really tell what a person's about. What was Jesus' life really like by how he treated people? And, 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 and so let me just give you a, a few quick things. Number one, because I think they apply to us today. Number one, he, he saw potential instead of perfection. In you, he just saw potential. That's when he looks at you. He just thinks, "Man, you are you are know, you're, you you are one pent-up revival. You have potential that's beyond what you'll ever understand." And I think about uh, Genesis fifteen six, and and Abraham believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Now you think about the the the, the what he's really saying here is, "Okay." He wasn't looking to Abraham to try to make himself righteous. That wasn't to be his goal. His goal for Abraham was believe in me. Believe in me and my word. And if you'll do that, I'll give you the righteousness because I've already given it to you. Right? I mean, He's already done that part, so why are we spend so much time focusing on that versus let's just focus on how am I going to believe God? And am I really believing Him? Am I a believer or am I a believing believer? Am I really letting him touch my life? And number two, he, he forgave before even, uh, even we even sinned. He's already forgiven you. You think about Judas might be the clearest example of that, isn't it? What happened when, it, when they went to the upper room? What did he do to Judas? Didn't he wash his feet? Didn't he love him to the bitter end and he knew that he already was betraying him? But yet he had already forgiven him, so he was able to approach him with a pure heart. And I just think, wow, what a thing. You sit there, you know that person, what that person is going to do to you here soon, and yet you're going to come to the table with them, you're going to have food with them, you're going to break bread with them, and they're going to wash your feet? Man, Lord, Lord, help us to see what this Jesus was like. Why? Because his life, he wants to reflect through us. He served others. Another point is he served others rather than serving or expecting to be served. Uh, In uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I think, wow, Jesus, this is what you're like. When you asked me to follow you, which he does, what's he asking me to do? Go serve. Go practice being a servant. Go go serve people. Don't become hard because people are going to mistreat you and people are not going to care about you and all of that. Don't stop your serve because of all that, but just keep serving. Learn to be servant of all. Why? Because that's part of God's plan. It was part of his plan even to redeem us to come and serve us. And he's saying, could you just do that to the world? Could you just go out into the world and instead of judging and all of that, why don't you just serve them and let's see if that will work? That's what I did for you. And it begins to, I begin to see his life now. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I, I, need to, I need to serve people. I need to love people. I need to care about people. I need to let his the reflection of who he really put inside of me come out. Somehow we layered over that though, right? We just come to church and we love each other and we have our, our little potlucks and, we, and we're happy with that. And we find the group of people that we can get along with easy because they believe what we believe and like we believe. And we just live that way. And we find this comfort zone where you've just layered over something. And that is, is that maybe that's not being exactly what Jesus was calling us to be. With the last point, just about him, and then we're going to close this morning. Is Jesus led with grace, but also accountability? Grace and accountability. Remember the woman that he caught that was caught in adultery, and what he said to her? He said, "Listen." He um, talked to the guys. You know, you can if you if you have a stone that you can cast, cast it. Nobody could. They all turned around and walked away. And when he looked at her, what did he say to her? He said, I hold nothing against you. Uh, go, but don't sin anymore. He had great mercy and grace for people. But he also had accountability. And, and I just think that this morning as we uh, wrap up this, uh, this whole idea of what about Jesus, God with us and Jesus' life, and, and I want to ask us all this morning, how is his life impacting you today? How is his life impacting you today? Let's just take a minute and do what Joseph did and just stop and think for a moment and maybe allow the Holy Spirit to approach you this morning with that thought. How, 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 how is his life the life of Jesus impacting you, or is it layered over enough to where you just live in your own life, and well, there's been a few changes, you're, you know, you're a slight bit nicer than you used to be, <laughs> but for some reason it's slowed down, it's not changing anymore, I haven't changed for many years, you know, we gotta, I, I gotta, you know, how, how are you doing with Jesus? Because if you're doing well with Jesus, your life will be changing. You won't be done. You'll be getting happier. Right? You'll be more filled with the joy of the Lord. You'll be more filled with his righteousness because you're believing him more. You'll be more filled with what you're actually searching for anyway because you're walking with him and you're allowing him to impact your life. Can you pull the lights down and put on that uh, star thing again for a moment? without words I want you to think about Abraham remember he was fatherless had no children, couldn't have children he and his wife and they were very old and um, God pulls him out of the tent and he says Abraham this is what I really want to do with your life I want you to see that I'm going to do this with your seed. I'm going to do abundantly above what you would ever ask or even think. And that's why when you come to the New Testament, he says, hey, I want you to ask and think. Because I'm going to do abundantly above that. And I I just feel this morning that God wants to maybe break a a layer off of us. break, Break a layer off of us or a cap off of us or a... Uh, John Maxwell would say a lid that's over us. Break that off so that we can get back into the growth mode and begin to believe again that maybe I'm one of those stars. If you're born again, you are. And that God has wanted me to use me in this time and this season to glorify God his son and fulfill the purpose of his son in my life and through my life we have to know I guess that the uh The life and gospel of Jesus Christ is both glorious and offensive. It's both glorious and offensive. When you step up to live your life for what he created you to live live it as, you will find it will be offensive to people. But that's okay. That might be a good sign for us that we are living the life. But I just want to pray for us because again there's just layers I just kept seeing the the the, the piece of furniture that had been painted over and painted over and, and and no one was able to really see the beauty of what was under that paint until it was stripped away. And if you've done any kind of remodeling, you know it takes work to do that. It just takes a while to do that. And, and for some of our lives We may have gotten weary. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, but maybe you're just weary of the change and you're you're weary of the journey. and, And if you are, it's because you've lost sight and hope for your part in it. And I just believe that this morning God wants to renew that inside of you. He wants you to, maybe some of you see it for the very first time, that you're a part of the story. It's a beautiful story of redemption, but I have to step into it. And uh, all the people that we read about that step into it, glorious and a challenge. Let's just take a moment here and just listen to the Holy Spirit speak to you. Father, I felt that you wanted to just strip away some layers off of our lives this morning. Layers of disappointment. Layers of confusion. Layers of anger. Layers of just discouragement and not knowing maybe what's going on around us and why things are going on like they're going on. And I just wanted to strip away from some of that old paint and let the, the life and the beauty of what's beneath it come forth from our life, even as it did maybe years ago. The excitement and the anticipation and the love that we had for you would be revived today. It would be a fresh, new uh, wave of the Holy Spirit over our lives that, uh, again, just takes away another layer, takes away another, uh, Lord, another, another layer off of our lives that uh, the, even at times the enemy would want to build upon us and, and, and condemn us with and, uh, Lord, uh, uh, shame us with. You want to strip away those things and uh, you want to release the beauty of Yourself in us and through us. And so today, God, I pray as we sit here uh, thinking about Your powerful, amazing life and Your Word to us that, uh, Lord, another layer would be stripped off. We would feel the release of uh, whatever it is, God, that's been uh, weighing us down, whatever it is that's been robbing us of our joy, whatever it is. God, that uh, you want to take away today, I just give that to you. And if it's something the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about, just, just whisper it to him right now. Just give it to him. Let him take it away. You know, like I said with Judas, he offered forgiveness for whatever it is, way before you even did it because he's God. And so God, today we just release things to you because we believe you, we believe who you are, and we just know that, Lord, you are transforming us little by little, day by day, you're preparing us little by little, day by day, to fulfill the whole purpose of God for each of our lives. Let us see ourselves as this, one of the stars that you, you have promised to Abraham, the man of faith, that we might walk in it afresh. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness. Strip it away today, God. Strip it away today, God. Strip it away today, God. I release it today, God. I allow you to take it today, God. I I no longer hold on to those things, God, that have uh, weighed my mind, my heart, and my spirit down. I just release it to you this morning. Would you just do that? Just release it to him. If if you know what he's saying to you about whatever, just release it to him this morning. He wants to take it. He said, not by your might, not by your power, but by his spirit, he'll take it. God, we just believe you for that. I pray in particular for those that are online this morning that they have the same sense of their presence, God. And they would be able to do the same thing. Just release it and see your mighty hand. God, release your joy. Uh, Release your power and your might. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said...